Once you live in the 716, Buffalo sports is ingrained in your soul. No matter where you are, we always remember the roots that helped us grow. Don't let where you live or the people around you stop you from showing your Buffalo pride. Join us Buffalonians as we talk all things sports in the 716 on the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Circles the way, like the Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Nick English. No matter where we are, no matter the heartbreak, we'll always remain Buffalo loyal. This is the Buffalo Loyal Podcast. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. A little solo episode coming at you Friday prior to the Bills going down to Miami, taking on the Dolphins. Andrew will be back um, probably next week or the week after. He has some other things going on, but um, apologies for a little bit later in the week. Um, We were scheduled to record right after the Titans game, but some things came up, so we do apologize for that. But we're going to get right back into it today. Next week, we're going to be able to talk about um, the Sabres as they're going to be starting some preseason games here. Surely all the players are back for camp right now, so we'll be able to talk about that next week but um starting off today's show we are going to briefly talk about the monday night football demolition derby that was the bills versus the tennessee titans the bills moving to two and oh with a resounding 41 to 7 victory over the tennessee titans just dominant in all facets of the game no gabe davis no ed oliver and we're still able to go out and just put an absolute show in the home opener in a ruckus environment Um, Coming out of the game, there were way more positives than there were negatives, but the very few negatives could be costly for this week and potentially further on the injury front. But just looking over the game really quickly, I mean, the Bills offense was completely dominant once again. They were, I wouldn't say lackluster, but they just seemed a little slow, even though they were able to score on the first few drives couple of miscommunications, which we hadn't really seen with Ken Dorsey and the offense, you know, plays getting in a few seconds late on a, you know, few third and fourth down calls early on that they weren't able to convert. But overall, Josh had an awesome game, 26 of 38 for 317 yards and four touchdowns. The big thing that I think most Bills fans loved in this game was Outside of the first few drives when he had that one carry for 10 yards, that was the only carry Josh Allen had the entire game. He was barely sacked at all other than one time um, by the Titans early on in the first half. I think they only got one sack for the entire game. I'm looking at it now. Yes, one sack for the entire game. So the offensive line did a really good job once again. Even with Miss Morris going out for a period of the game, they were still able to keep Josh Allen upright. And right, it's good to see that Josh in this game, we didn't need him to be Superman and rush for all the yards like he did against the Rams. Um, you know, taking those hits can take a toll on your body. We've seen what it's done to players like Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, and those guys later in their careers, not trying to compare Josh to those players in overall capacity, but just from a hit standpoint and the way their bodies are built. Um, it's very helpful that Josh was able to avoid that. What more can you say about Stefan Diggs? He's a top three receiver in the national football league. You can make the case that he is the best 12 catches for 148 yards and three, just unreal touchdowns. 
you can see why the Bills paid him for games when Gabe Davis isn't available. Isaiah McKenzie didn't have his best stuff. You know, Jake Kumaro stepped up in a huge way, and Dawson Knox had a nice bounce-back game, but it was the Stephon Diggs show. You know, 12 receptions on 15 targets. No other player on the Bills had more than five targets, which was Dawson Knox. So they clearly found a matchup they liked. They went at it, and they were able to capitalize on a lot of key opportunity. Bills defense, another stellar game. You know, the first drive wasn't the prettiest. A few bad penalty calls going for and against them throughout the game, but um, they made the most of it. Jordan Poyer, another great interception. Matt Milano, a pick six. Greg Rousseau, I thought, had his best game as a Bill, just disrupting, getting to the quarterback, blowing up plays. Von Miller continues to be spectacular. Tremaine Edmonds had a really, really sound game, and I thought Kyer Elam, and Christian Benford both rose to the occasion when Dane Jackson went down with the scary injury. Uh, we would have liked to see a little bit more production in the pass rush, right? You know, only two sacks against a banged up Titans front, especially after Taylor Luan went out of the game. But they were still, you know, able to court force a lot of pass breakups. You know, Ryan Tannehill only completed 11 passes on the night. And then Malik Willis came in, completed one pass for four yards. So just tip of the cap to the Bills defense, just an overall dominant performance by this Buffalo Bills team. You know, we finally see our new punter, Mart, Sam Martin, and the first one, the guy clunks it off his head and the Bills recover. Just how crazy the Bills season has been so far up until this point through two weeks. But there are some negatives to take away from this game. Um, As far as the game overall, the only real negative, and I wouldn't even really – it's hard to say it's a negative, but I thought the running game was just very inconsistent. You know, we did get a lot more of James Cook in the second half, which is a nice thing to see. He led the team with 11 carries for 53 yards, including a 33-yard run, which is why Buffalo drafted him in the second round. Looked super explosive, ran hard, did not fumble the ball, gained some confidence. And I think that's going to be big going in these next few weeks when we're going up against a lot of AFC powerhouses. And the Bills really need to stack some wins here. Um, but early on, Devin Singletary had one really big run to start the game, 16 yards, but he had six carries for 19 for only 3.2. Was not very productive, but again, he only had six carries. Zach Moss, three carries for 17, and his one longest run was 17 yards. So his other two carries, he did absolutely nothing. So just inconsistency with the run game um, could be a little bit of a concern. I think sometimes it's hard for these running backs to get in a consistent rhythm when we're changing so often to me, it's been clear cut these first two weeks that Devin Singletary is the guy and he should be on the field way more than Zach Moss. I just don't see the point in getting Zach Moss out there, especially on these third and ones. I just don't see his value when you draft a guy like James Cook in the second round, understanding that he did fumble week one, obviously guys like McDermott and uh, excuse me, Ken Dorsey know that that's not acceptable. And, Sometimes that can lead to not, you know, playing a guy for a little bit or earning trust is a little bit harder to do. But when you have a guy with that skill set like James Cook is or has, excuse me, he clearly is the fastest running back in this, you know, backfield of, you know, between Taiwan Jones and Zach Moss and Singletary and Gilliam and all these guys that you can run the ball with. James Cook has a skill set that no one else has with his speed. And I think it's going to be really important to get him involved. But to me, Devin Singletary needs to be the workhorse 
of this offense, especially when you are going to have to make the decision if you are going to pay him or not. But um, that's kind of just nitpicking. Overall, there was really not too much that the Bills did wrong in this game, but injuries were clearly scary because Dane Jackson gets taken to the hospital. He's back at practice now. He's not you know, playing or anything. He's in a red non-contact, but it's good to see these there. He's in good spirits. Very scary collision with Tremaine Edmonds in which, you know, it's just a bang-bang play, completely accidental. Micah High gets a neck injury later in the game, which he had to go get a second opinion on. He is out. You know, Ed Oliver logged limited practices all week. He did not play against the Titans, and now he is also out once again versus this Dolphins team. And then you have Jordan Phillips, who on the Matt Milano pick six, ends up injuring his hamstring running down the field trying to throw a block. So he is also out. We have a lot of other guys, you know, banged up. Jordan Poyer is dealing with a foot injury. Gabe Davis logged a lot of limited practices this week, um, dealing with an ankle as well. But he says he's going to be good to go. Dawson Knox, foot injury, um, you know, limited throughout the week. But it looks like he's also going to be good to go. Mitch Morse did have that elbow issue finish out the game. He's been logging limited practices all week as well. And looks like he's going to be good to go. And Tim Settle looks like he's in good position to probably return this week, which could be huge, especially with Ed Oliver not being able to play. And then Matt Milano got a stinger at the end of the game, but he's been full go at practice. Looking at the Dolphins injury front, they have a few injuries, not nearly as many as the Bills, but something that the Bills can clearly take advantage of. Teron Armstead, one of the best tackles in the game, did not participate um, really at all this week, but they're still listing him as questionable. I don't think he's going to play. And then Raquan Davis, who was a full participant, went down to a limited practice. Um, so that could be good for the Bills. And then Xavier Howard was a did not practice and then limited with a groin injury. And then they also have Byron Jones, who, like Tredavious White, has also been on the PUP to start the season. So the Bills clearly have a disadvantage from the injury perspective, but um, the Dolphins do have some key injuries as well. Um, so let's just take a quick overview looking at this game as a whole. This is a huge game. It's a division rival. The Bills have owned the Dolphins. They've won the last seven meetings. Josh Allen has just dominated the Dolphins throughout his tenure so far in the NFL. But where I go with a little more caution, and I think Bills fans need to do the same, is this is not the same Dolphins team that we've seen in the past. This isn't going to be a walk into hard rock stadium and the bills are just going to, you know, go out and blow this team out by 30 points Would that, you know, could that happen? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. This dolphins team through two weeks has shown that they have what it takes to be a playoff contender and can make it very hard on a lot of teams. And maybe, you know, they could be like the bills were a few years ago where you don't want to see them in the playoffs. The speed that they have on offense is one of, if not the biggest threat in the NFL when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are just complete game wreckers on offense. You saw what they did against the Baltimore Ravens. Granted, as bad as the Ravens played defensively, I mean, between Marcus Peters not turning around and probably being able to at least tip or intercept the ball to have like a complete blown coverage on uh, the second Tyreek Hill touchdown, you can't just completely discredit what the Dolphins were able to do to come back in that game, neutralize Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense down the stretch when they needed to, 
And when push came to shove, Tua made enough plays for them to win the game and made an unreal throw to Jalen Waddle to win. As someone who has criticized Tua and not really been a Tua believer um, since he's been leaked, do I still believe he's going to be an elite NFL quarterback? No, but I do want to give credit where credit is due. And he has played very well this season and he's going through his reads. He's making proper progressions. Granted, he still has a few plays a game, just like Josh did a few years ago, where he's prone to interceptions, but his deep ball looks a lot better. You know, when he's given time, he's able to go through all of his reads and make the big throws that they've needed him to make this year. He is clearly grown as a leader, as a captain on that team. And you can make as many Tua jokes as you want, but when push came to shove in that game, you know, Tua really did outplay Lamar Jackson. That's crazy to say for how good Lamar played. Um, And it was not Lamar's fault that they lost, but Tua, when, you know, the time came in the fourth quarter, he made more plays than Lamar Jackson did for his team. This is not a team I am taking lightly. On paper, the Bills still should be able to win this game. I think despite the injuries, the Bills still have the better roster. Granted, they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but I don't really see the Bills offense having a ton of struggles scoring. Um, the Rams are one of the better defenses in the NFL and Tennessee the same. Um, I know Tennessee is a little bit younger, and but Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, those guys are no joke. And they were able to have their way with that, you know, those defenses the first two weeks of the season. But it's going to be a very tough atmosphere to be in. I know there will be a lot of Bills fans there, but um, you can already see the toxic Dolphins fans all over social media. They've been calling for the Bills for multiple weeks. You know, this is their Super Bowl to them. And I don't want to go into this game using the injuries as an excuse why the Bills, you know, if the Bills go in there and they lose this game, I am not going to sit here next week and say, well, it's the injuries. And, you know, if we would have been fully healthy, we would have beat them. No, like we're past that point. The Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender and you need to go in and handle your business. If you are truly what you say you are and you preach this culture and this next man up mentality, well, then go in there, handle your business and kick the Dolphins ass. Like it's plain and simple offensively. You are healthy. You know, Gabe Davis is coming off of an ankle injury. Dawson Knox a little banged up. But for the most part, your offensive line is fully healthy. Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis are probably both going to play. Stephon Diggs is a top three receiver in the National Football League. You have Isaiah McKenzie. Jake Kumaro stepped up. You have Khalil Shakir um, and these other guys, Jamison Crowder and Quentin Morris and Reggie Gilliam, who's shown he can catch the ball. James Cook now, maybe he's going to get involved a little more. You have enough requisite weapons on offense to go in there and dominate them defensively. Granted, I think this defensive front can pose a little bit more of a challenge than the previous two games, because when you go back and look at the Rams, right, they have Aaron Donald, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, Leonard Floyd's a good player, but he's, you know, a second-tier guy. Then you go look at the Tennessee Titans, they have Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree, but that's really it. When you go and look at the Miami Dolphins, they have guys loaded 
all over that defensive front seven. I mean, you're talking about Wilkins. You're talking about Jalen Phillips, who they got in the draft last year from the University of Miami and is familiar with, you know, Greg Russo. They have Emmanuel Ogba. They have Melvin Ingram, who's caused the Bills issues in the past. So they have some dudes that they can rotate around and give you some issues. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Bills can do up front. I think establishing the run in this game to open up the play action and open up the five-man sets and the double tight end formations that Ken Dorsey's been liking to do um, is going to be key. At the same time, I think secondary-wise, this is a huge opportunity for the Bills to take advantage of a team down Byron Jones. You know what Stephon Diggs is going to bring. It doesn't matter who is covering him, whether that's Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward, name any cornerback in the NFL, and Stephon Diggs is going to be able to have some level of success against them. It's just going to happen. Gabe Davis is going to have a huge opportunity. We'll truly see how healthy that ankle is because the Ravens were going at their number two corner all game long last week. So it's going to be an opportunity for the Bills to go after those guys. I think this is a big game for Dawson Knox to get involved. And I I really just want to see Devin Singletary and James Cook get involved in the screen passing game, pick up chunks of yardage. This is a game where you truly do need to take what the defense gives you. I don't think this game bodes well for the Bills if they get into a run and gun shootout because we saw with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, those guys can run past anyone without Micah Hyde, without Ed Oliver helping to create more pressure. And, you know, Jordan Poyer's banged up. You're relying on two rookies to try to cover these guys. It's going to be a challenge. And if you get in a shootout, as great as the Bills' offense is, it could be difficult for them to keep up. Where, to me, if you take the checkdowns that they're giving you and hit your big plays when you can, like they did in the first two weeks, and just kind of chip your way down the field and take seven, eight minutes off of the clock, you're going to be putting Tua and this offense in a very tough predicament where they're going to have to operate in big key two-minute, four-minute drive situations and put a ton of pressure on them. The Bills' defense has to get to him. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Settle, Daquan Jones, Boogie Basham, Shaq Lawson. You know, these guys have to apply the pressure because like we've seen in the first two weeks, the Bills are going to have to just go with the front four and maybe they're going to mix in a blitz very, you know, seldomly. But when you're facing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it's all hands on deck. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds are going to have to be very disciplined on their reads. You know, Jordan Poyer is going to be good enough, <coughs> excuse me, on the back end. And it it was actually really good that the Bills did blow out the Titans because it gave a lot more valuable reps for Kyer Elam and Christian Benford. Benford's obviously played a lot the first two weeks, but Kyer Elam's going to be making his first career NFL start against two of the premier receivers in the NFL. It's going to be a tall task. Who knows what they're going to do with the other safety position? Will it be DeMar Hamlin? Will it be Jaquan Johnson? Are we going to see a mix of Saran Neal? How much of guys like uh, Bale Inspector or, um, you know, Taron Johnson. Are we going to see Taron Johnson move around a ton on the field and take away the middle of the field when Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill are going across? Terrell Bernard, are we going to see more of him? It's going to be a very interesting game plan with what the Bills are going to do to try to win this game. 
having said all that, going back to what I said before, I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse if the Bills, for some reason, do lose this game. But what I will say is, if you're looking at the season as a whole, you know, looking further down the line, I know the Bills are a team that, you know, don't look ahead where, you know, podcasters and people that like to talk to a screen to you and record every week for people to listen to um, can do is look ahead. And when I look ahead, I see the Baltimore Ravens. I see the Kansas City Chiefs and I see the Pittsburgh Steelers before you have the early bye week. Those are three AFC opponents that can really make or break you down the line when it comes to seeding for the playoffs. And if the Bills truly want to have that first round by and have everyone come through Orchard Park, it is going to be more key to get those guys healthy and to win those games than it is to win this game. Because we're going to get Miami again at home in the future, and they're still going to have to go and play all those teams I just mentioned. You know, the Dolphins just beat the Ravens. They still have to play, you know, the Bengals. I know they're struggling. Um, They still have to play the Vikings, too. They still have to play the Steelers, too. Um, They have to play the 49ers. They have to play the Chargers. You know, they're going to be playing the Packers very late in the season when Aaron Rodgers is at his best. The Bills are going to have an opportunity later in the season to correct a wrong if they do lose on Sunday, which I still don't think they're going to do. But when you look at the next three weeks going into the bye against three premier AFC opponents, maybe Pittsburgh's not a premier opponent, but they're a good team that beat you last year. You know, it's more important to get Micah Hyde and Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips and those guys healthy for those weeks. Maybe Tredavious White is going to be immediately ready after week four. You know, it is a little concerning what Micah Hyde's injury is in his neck. Who knows when Dane Jackson is going to be back. And when you have Kyer Elam and Christian Benford playing in these games, there are a lot of valuable reps to be had, but still football games that need to be won. So I think it's going to be interesting these next few weeks with the injuries to see how the bills play it. Because to me, if guys like Jordan Phillips, Micah Hyde at Oliver are limited next week or aren't hundred percent, but then they end up playing to me, that says the bills really truly do care about getting that one seed because they've seen how difficult it is to go into Arrowhead and other places and win games on the road in the playoffs. But if they are conservative and they sit guys out and they are more concerned you know what? We got Von Miller in. Our defense is way better than it was last year. 13 seconds was a fluke. Burn it all. We're going to go in wherever we have to go, and we're just going to win games in the playoffs, regardless of that's in Orchard Park, that's in Arrowhead, it's in SoFi, wherever it is, we're going to go in there and win. It's going to be an interesting thing to look at. So to me, the key matchups for this Dolphins game is going to be you know, the Bills pass rush, because I think it's obvious to talk about the rookie corners going against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But if we're able to get the two attack of Iola and force him to get out of the pocket, not have time, make Aaron throws, I still have a ton of faith in Jordan Poyer and these rookies to make some plays when asked. You went and drafted Kyer Elam and Christian Benford for a reason. Maybe they're playing sooner than you would have anticipated and being thrust into a bigger role, but it is what it is. Those two guys could be two of the most important picks 
in the last 25 years for the Bills for what they're going to be asked to do for this Super Bowl contending team. But we need to get to Tua. And offensively, like I said, you need to eat the clock, take what the defense gives you. You have to be able to establish the run in this game. I truly believe as great as this Bills offense is, and I know they can sling it all over. They can do it against anybody. If you're able to establish the run, keep Josh from getting hit, take away the clock from Tua and their good offense and put them in a lot more tight situations, bigger third down plays, and make them operate with the pressure at home against a banged-up Bills team in two-minute and four-minute before the half and the end of games, I truly think the Bills could win this game. Um, defense, you know, for the Dolphins, they're going to be going at Kyer Elam a lot, I think. They know he is a physical corner. He's probably going to take some, you know, pass interference or legal contacts down the field. Um, so that's something I think they're going to be doing. And then defensively, I think there's going to be rotating a lot of guys up front to try to get to Josh Allen as much as they can and get him uncomfortable because so far no one's been able to do it. Um, having said all that, I think this is going to be a tight, close game. I'm going to go out and say the Bills are going to come away with a 33-26 win. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be entertaining. Um, I think the Bills are the team that everyone thinks they are. Um, I know if Andrew is here, he would probably be a little pessimistic. Um, and I know there are a lot of pessimistic Bills fans out there, but this is a big game for both teams. This is the Dolphins Super Bowl. You know, just like last year, the Patriots beating us with the, you know, all the weather conditions in Buffalo was their Super Bowl. This is a big opportunity. Josh knows how much this game means, you know, to the fans. He knows his record against them. And I think guys like Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis are going to step up and know that the offense needs to click. And I think Von Miller knows how important it's going to be with guys like Hyde and Oliver out to, you know, step up and be elite in this game. So um, really excited. It's going to be an awesome game to watch. You know, the Dolphins are definitely not a team we can take lightly. You know, I talked about that before the season started that we needed to see it so far through two weeks. They've shown it. They beat a good Patriots team and a good Ravens team. So it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be fun. I think the Bills-Dolphins rivalry is going to be fully renewed. You know, their fans are already, you know, egging us on. But hopefully, you know, the boys can go down there and handle business and come back to Buffalo 3-0 with a big W and get some of these other guys healthy. But um, that's going to pretty much do it for today's episode. Once again, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, we truly do appreciate all the support. If you can give us a follow on Instagram at the Buffalo Loyal Podcast, it would mean the world to us. We're really trying to grow our following there. We post some really cool graphics there. If you ever want to shoot us a message, DM on some topics or questions or stuff you want to talk about on the show, please feel free to do so. Like I said, Andrew will probably be back in the next week or so. Um, appreciate everyone for tuning in, just listening to me mumble on for you know the last 20, 30 minutes or so. We'll get into more Sabre stuff. They have a preseason game on Sunday as well, although I don't think anyone in Buffalo is truly going to be watching that, but they do play the Capitals at 2 p.m. Sunday on NHL Network. They got the Flyers next Tuesday, Blue Jackets Wednesday. Really good opportunity for guys like Jack Quinn, Matt Savoy, J.J. Paterka, all them to get their feet wet. Huge opportunity for Casey Middlesad, Dylan Cousins to take that next step, see more Owen Power, see what Eric Comrie looks like in goal. Um, heard some really good things out of training camp through the first few days so far. So 
Um, really excited for the Sabre season as well. So can't wait to dive more into that with everyone. Um, but we do appreciate all the support as always. This wouldn't be possible without everyone that tunes in each and every week. So um, appreciate everyone for listening. This has been the Buffalo Oil Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Connection, Allen and Diggs. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.